What's up, ladies and gentlemen? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham, Justin Treese, and Dan Kiefer coming to you with another episode of Talking Football. This one's going to be a little bit longer than the last one. Oh, Mr. Dan Kiefer and I were, were pressed for time last episode, but we still made it work. Um, the way we started the show last week was me and Dan pretty much figuring out that Treese only Snapchats Dan. And I happened to send Treese a text message asking something about Snapchat. And he was just like, oh, yeah, like I do, but I only snap like just you and my wife. And I was like, lies. And then he like said a couple other people's and I was just like, lies again. And then the next day he was like, okay, that was pretty funny. Still, I just like expected a Snapchat after that to like make up for it. Have yet to receive one. So we'll see after this episode. Did you, um, did you not get one last right. night? Oh, nope. That's a lie. That's a lie. Lies. You, you yep, I got one me. Last lies. Night. He did. Lies. <laughs> Calling you out. Yeah. So, yep. all right. So let me jump into this. Damn, First, that was such a hot start too. I was so happy to start the show yeah. first than you. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. Yeah. That's what so, I get. That's what I get for coming in hot. Yeah, exactly. So no, whenever whenever any of us tries to roast trees, it just backfires. It's yeah, just, just know you're about to lose either way. Yeah. Yeah. So let me start off with the start of the episode last week was fantastic. I was laughing my ass off. I was I was listening to it on speaker. My my wife was laughing. She thought it was hilarious. Um, and then I was like, oh, this makes so so much more sense of why Austin was snapping me high. <laughs> and like our conversation was in Snapchat. And I stick to it. I I don't snap anybody. Like I don't. Like you three, you two and my wife are literally like the only people that I really snap. And Dan is correct. I've snapped him like three or four times. So when I said like you and my wife are like the only ones, that's actually technically true. But anyways, it was hilarious. Well, technicalities now. Look at yeah. it. Like, it, it's like when, when you get a Snapchat from Justin Trace, it's it hypes you up, man. I remember I was down. I was get, just getting ready to throw some chicken on the grill on the, on the old Traeger sponsor us. And I got it, the alert. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, my God. What's going on? Yeah. Like I got more excited for Treese snapping me than I did at any part of the Aaron Rodgers saga. Any part of it. Any part of it. Any part of it. Which so, maybe that's a low bar too, but yeah, it is. Um, I want to go back and listen and make sure that I capture everything. So maybe we'll do it next episode or next week. But I feel like we did pretty good on some some bets overall of like how things played out. So for the draft, just saying that. Like yeah, for, I know, uh, for how hard it is, like given we were probably only at like twenty percent hit rate, but like that the draft is just so hard that I'm pretty. I happy. know I hit the Quentin Johnson bet, so you shout did out hit. Me. You did hit the Quentin Johnson one. I hit. The, I actually, I went one for two because I thought he was going to go to the Giants. You did. So I didn't but, hit that, but I did, but hit, did hit his draft under position under twenty six and a half. Yeah, twenty five and a half, twenty six and a half. Yeah, something like that. Either way. Yeah, um, I hit a few, but I for sure I know the one that I was super stoked on was that was number two and three. I hit on Will Anderson being the third overall pick and uh, Stroud being the number two overall pick, even though everybody said those two were not going to happen. And I hit uh, on, and I don't think you guys knew this. I went to the draft on Thursday, placed bets on the way up because we went up the Kansas side from Joplin, um, and I hit on Bijan going seven to Atlanta, and then I got so freaking lucky. With Carter going nine to the Eagles, mm. we got so lucky. That's awesome. I tell you, we all that was like plus eight hundred. So I won eighty bucks on that. It was pretty. We all nice. missed. Like we said, uh, the Lions were 50-50 going either corner or defensive line, their defensive back or defensive line with their first pick. Missed that one. Missed that one. So uh, shout out Jameer Gibbs. Shout out. Shout out. All right, let's dive into. We're doing NFC. So. For people listening to this, this is going to come out first. The next day, we're going to have the AFC. We're going to be recording both tonight. We're going to get them both out here so you guys can yep. get our takes on. So we're going to go through our NFC power rankings first. Is that how you want to do it? <laughs> yeah, Because exactly. I have my 32 to 16 ready to go. Exactly. It's a lot exactly. of NFC teams. It is a lot of NFC teams. Uh, That's fucking crazy, yeah. <laughs> it, Idiot. <laughs> the, the, the joke, inside joke for everybody's like, I don't get it, is we've been fighting about if we're going to just do power rankings or if we're going to do draft recaps. So – Ha-ha, super fun. Wow, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, if we're going to talk about the little inside joke, we're also going to mention the spreadsheets that I put my heart and soul, blood and tears into to make for this episode I don't, draft I'm, classes. I'm so, so happy you mentioned that because I, I do not believe that too. you made these. I color-coded it? You yeah, you color-coded it. You click, drag, them. and select themselves? Yeah. 
whatever. Look at that lion's blue. That is goddamn beautiful. So ignoring the fact that you made them. Yeah, you just yeah. color-coded them. Also, yeah, guys, my, make them, my vacation was fine. Thanks for asking, by the way, assholes. I knew it was good. Uh, you listened to us. I did listen to you guys. I was actually late to the pool by 20 minutes, and everyone's like, where were you? I was like, just listen to a podcast. They're like, which one? And I was like, mine? Oh, that's bad. For sure. You want to hear So I got a story for that. Uh, I was at a dinner one time, or it was like an after reception party for a wedding, and someone had taken like a clip out of mic'd up and was like, oh, this is a good part of the show. This like cracked me up. What? And so I'm sitting there listening to it. Yeah, out of a, another podcast. Um, and I'm sitting there listening to it, and my girlfriend at the time walks up and she goes, are you listening to your own podcast right now at the table with everybody? And it was like, like technically, yes, but like someone made a clip of it, and I'm just trying to listen to what part of the show it is. And I was like, okay, thank God, because I was about to call you the biggest douchebag in the world. So close, but so yeah, close. totally get it. So in my neighborhood, like the parents all sit out like on the lawn, and I could just let the kids go wild. And my neighbor thinks it's the most hilarious thing that we always like, just like bring out the speakers and just listen to music. She thinks it's the most hilarious thing in the world to just stop the music and turn on talking football and just see how long it takes me to realize that like talking oh, football man. is on the background. So you... I'm always talking to other people and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, who's That's doing me. this? My neighbor. That's She's hilarious. That's hilarious. She's so, so wait, funny. Wait, so your neighborhood is basically like King of the Hill. Like you just yes. stand <laughs> in your driveway and like, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, dude, we just, yep. yeah, like, we, oh, between between which, our neighborhood, which, like, we who, can't. Who are you? I don't think you're Bill Dotrieff, so you're either Hank or uh, Dale. I could say you as Dale. Don't you don't know King of the Hill, do you? No. Do you? No. no. Well, piece of shit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good right? All right, cool. All right. NFC rankings for the NFL draft that was just happening. Let's start off with the NFC North. We're going to do best pick, worst pick, best class, worst class, offensive and defensive rookie of the years for that division specifically. Uh, I guess I will start us off. And the best pick, I'm going with Jordan Addison. I think teaming him up with Justin Jefferson is going to be electric. I think that everything that Thielen did like three years ago, four years ago, is what Addison can be from the get-go. You're not going to be double-teaming him. He's going to have single coverage all the time, great route runner, and I just think that he's going to fit that scheme very, very well. So I'm going with Jordan Addison. Yeah, I think that's a really good pick. Uh, I'm going Hendon Hooker, the third-round pick for the Lions, and this might catch a lot of people by surprise. Like, Why? They have Jared Goff. Why would you spend – uh, draft pick on Hendon Hooker. He's old. He's hurt, etc. This is a guy that was a first round talent before he tore his ACL. He can come in, rehab, get healthy, like you said, for a year. Get in, learn the playbook, and then if they if Goff has a down year and they want to move on to Hendon Hooker, they can. And then you're playing with a rookie quarterback on, or excuse me, a quarterback on a rookie deal for three years, super cheap. When you can pay your other players, you can pay your Aiden Hutchinson's, your other standout players, keep Chauncey Gardner Johnson in the house. So I love the Hendon Hooker pick, even if he's a backup, if he's a stud backup, a, you know, upper tier backup, probably a top, you know, like a top 25 quarterback in the league, but he's your backup. And you got that in the third round. That is absolutely dynamite. We're seeing backup quarterbacks get 10 to $13 million a year. So I love the Hendon Hooker pick. And for me, it was actually Sam Laporta, the second-round pick by the Lions, just due to the fact that you moved on from TJ Hawkinson last year. You also know going into this season, hey, Jameson Williams is going to be suspended at least the first six games of the year due to gambling at team facilities uh, during the season last year. So the reason I like it mainly, though, is because Jared Goff was able to get that offense working but now we know that this is a different team, especially now that you've traded or excuse me, drafted Jameer Gibbs in the first round. You don't have TJ Hawkinson. You're losing your primary receiver. You also lost DJ Shark in free agency. He wasn't that big of a hit last year, but still. And so now you're looking at the lines and say, we truly only have one target that we know we can truly rely on because you also lost your red zone, you know, just great running back in Jamal Williams last year for your team. You need to get, off another target and I think Sam Laporta is going to be a good one for the Lions I think he's got that grit 
you see that after the catch, the dude just runs hard. So for me, that's why it's probably my favorite pick um, out of the draft right here for this division. And then let's go ahead and just snake it. Worst draft pick. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm probably not going to pick because I just don't want to say, hey, this guy's, I think, the worst pick um, in a draft class because I truly don't know. And I don't want to be the guy that's sitting here stomping on a guy's name. You guys go for that. That's not going to be me. I'm not going to be that person. So you guys can feel that guilt uh, and deal with that karma later well, I'm gonna, on. But I'm, I'm going to hop in I'm going to be out on that. Because I got no problem saying this. Sean Clifford, quarterback, Penn State is ass. Okay, he was never good at Penn State. I don't know how he beat uh, anyone out for that starter quarterback position. He Penn State fans will tell you that the freshman should start over him this year. He's terrible. He's not good. I have a conspiracy theory. Green Bay only drafted this guy to make Jordan Love feel better in practice. Okay, because he's going to look over shoulder, see Sean Clifford, and go, "Wow, on my worst day, I am still head and shoulders better than him." Sean Clifford's terrible. Yeah, I also work with Sean Clifford, and I feel comfortable saying that. Austin, I get what you're saying, but I also don't get what you're saying because, like, it's okay to be negative about things. Like, it's okay. Like, and have an opinion on things. It's okay. Yeah, but what do we do if Sean Clifford comes out and ends up being the GOAT? Uh, we were wrong. Yeah, you, you, you simply say uh, we were wrong. Uh, yeah, that's, Sean Clifford. That's what I would do. Sean Clifford, that's why I do a podcast from my own home, and I'm not a big-time guy, and it's okay. <laughs> like, I'm just I'm just this lonely dude just sitting at home. Like, it's Here's not- what we do, uh, Austin. If that happens, we say that uh, the only reason that happened is because everything around him went perfect. This was the, you know, the one situation, do the Doctor Strange, one, one. There's one way that Sean Clifford was not a big pile of poop. I will say what I did not like was the Vikings going back to back on corners. See, there you and go. Third and fourth round. See, there like, you go. You you could have gotten a linebacker at that point. I mean, we look at everyone else in this division. They were able to get a linebacker. You were not. Why? There you go. You See, a linebacker. See, there we go. Perfect. All right. The worst decision. Yeah, that's fine. You can say yeah, that. There you oh, go. We, we can rebrand it. We can yeah. rebrand it to worst yeah. decision. Yeah. All right. Best draft class. I'm going with the Lions, and it's hilarious because the Lions, you know, everybody says they reached on Gibbs and they reached on Campbell and Laporta, honestly, because Mayer was still there, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but, like, if you two weeks ago, right, they came to us and were like, hey, they got Branch, they got Hooker, they got Gibbs, they got Campbell, they got Laporta, you'd be like, holy shit, like, what a draft class it sucks on the order for a lot of us in like, in our opinions of like, I, I would just switch those up, but like, that's a lot of talent right there. at Those like five or six picks is the value there for like when they got them. Probably not. You probably wish they got, you know, like maybe more on trading down or whatnot. But like, again, they're at the point now where they just need talent. And I think that they got talent. It's, it, it's crazy. You know, okay. if you just take Brian branch and Hendon hooker and like slide those to the top, and say, hey, they took Branch at, you know, 12. Wow, wow great pick. They took uh, Hendon Hooker at 18. Okay, you know what? A little early, but whatever. And then, oh, yeah, they took Jameer Gibbs at 34. They took, you know, and then they took Jack Campbell and then finished up with Sam Laporta. That's an awesome draft class. Exactly. But it's just the, the order is kind of screwy on it. For me, I went Green Bay for draft best draft class simply because Green Bay kind of looked in the mirror, saw what they were, and they drafted accordingly. And I really appreciate, we'll talk about it throughout the episode when a team recognizes who they are, where they want to be and they act upon it. They don't just like draft for need or draft for, Oh my God, we feel like we have to green Bay took. Just love that they did that. And then they picked up Lou Nichols. Remember him? Led the nation in rushing yards in like 2021. In the seventh round. I just think there's a lot of value in Greens Bay's class and they supported Jordan Love. I just love what they did. So I thought they deserved a shout out. Absolutely love it. Um, I'm actually going to go a different direction than you guys. I kind of like that we finally have a little bit of diversity here because I think later in the show, we're going to start to see a lot of similarities, but understandably so in some of these other divisions. But right here for me, the best class is the Chicago Bears because I loved what Brian Poles was able to do in the draft this year. I mean, you know, you go from one to nine, you trade back, you get some extra picks. And you go from nine to 10, you get a couple extra picks. And then throughout the rest of this draft class, he was just kind of floating up and down the board. And I think that helped him out a lot this year in the class because we talked about this team coming in the offseason. It was like, hey, they need help in the trenches. Big time. First two picks, boom, there you go. Darnell Wright, you'd be able to plug and play at right tackle. 
absolutely love to see that if you're Justin Fields. And then along your defensive line, you get Dexter in the second round. Hey, that's going to be a guy that's going to be able to just fill gaps and make a difference for your defense and allow your edge rushers to go, go after the quarterback. And in this division, that might be wide open. Like, this division is not – Locked. I know we crack jokes about doing power rankings, you know, to start the episode just to mess with Dan pretty much after he spent so much time and effort in color coding these spreadsheets. So thank you once again. But 20 minutes, it, it took me this 20 NFC minutes. North division is just wide open. And I think that's what makes it so exciting because we don't know how things are going to turn out. And then looking at the Bears, they're making the right moves. They're doing what they need to do to make this team better. And I think this draft class helps them moving forward. So I'm going to roll with it um, into the worst class for me being the Vikings. Just due to the fact that you get Jordan Addison, I absolutely love that pick. But afterwards, you go three straight defense, and then you get a quarterback, and then you go running back. W- what's going on here? Like, where where is everybody? Where, where's the rest of the depth for your team and your organization? Because we're assuming this is probably the last year of Kirk Cousins. You're probably going to have a decent season, which puts you in the middle, if not the back of the next year's draft. Dalvin Cook may be moving on. You're going to have to pay um, Justin Jefferson at that point. On defense, who do you truly have that you think is going to be a foundation piece to move forward for your future? I don't think you really found that in this year's draft class, except for Jordan Addison, which I think is a great fit to have opposite of Justin Jefferson. That's it. Like I think that's the only positive the Vikings have out of this draft class. So for me, it's the worst one. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. I have the Vikings as my worst draft class. And it's kind of, there's no needle mover. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Addison's a real nice player, but he's not, you said, that's not, like you said, he's not a foundational piece. You're not going to base your offense around him at best at his ceiling. He's going to be Robin to Jamar to Justin Jefferson's Batman. That's just the way to like the best he's going to be is your number two option in the receiving game. You already brought in TJ Hawkinson last year. So I don't think the value was awesome there. And then you go down the list, you know, like you said, they took corners back to back a defensive tackle. They took Jaron Hall out of BYU and we've seen quarterbacks coming from BYU struggle adjusting to the NFL at Zach Wilson. And they finished up with Dwayne McBride. So a running back who's going to probably compliment with Alexander Madison, if they do move on from Dalvin cook and he caught count them one hand, five passes in college five. So I just, it's very lackluster. And I think in a division where there are so many good drafts, we all had a different best draft class. The Vikings just came up short, in my opinion. All right. I, I agree the Vikings did not do fantastic, uh, but that's not who I went with. I'm going with the Packers, which is the exact opposite of what, of what Dan had. But for me, it's just I don't see the game changer, like something that gets me really, really juiced for the amount of pet picks that they had. That's my biggest issue is like with the amount of picks that they had, I thought I would see more volume of like okay i can see them truly making a really really good or big difference this year and in the next couple of years and i really just don't see that like loose luke musgrave is probably like the best like offensive player and he's been injured the last year and a half like it's hard to really know like if he's going to be able to come out and do anything so it's really hard to know that lucas van ness is fine like i actually wasn't the biggest lucas van ness guy but like i can see the value there and then after that like I don't know. Oh, man. Jade, just, Jaden Reed's a baller. Jaden Reed from uh, Michigan State, he is a little baller. He's, yeah, but I, I just don't see, like, I don't see the difference that he can make right. on and, this. I mean. And Sean Clifford tainted the whole class. I get that. I, see, I, I literally blacked out. I actually that. blacked I out the Sean Clifford pick. I didn't even include it in the draft yeah. class. I mean, like, they technically didn't get him from Penn State. They got him from the retirement home. I mean, he's like 50 years old. So yes, but he be- didn't he beat out Will Levis though? So he sure did. Mm. Yeah, people um, forget. Yeah. People forget. So, mm-hmm. anyways, okay. Offensive rookie and defensive rookie. I'm just gonna go double up right here. So I'm going with Addison, obviously, my best pick, and I think he's gonna do that. And then I'm actually gonna go with the Vikings again and go Makai Blackman. I also think that he's a very good player, and so I'm going with the cornerback there. So they nailed their first uh, two picks in your mind. There we go. Yeah, absolutely nailed it. Uh, I'm going to double dip as well for offensive rookie. I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs from the lions. I think especially early in the season with Jameson Williams being suspended. Uh, don't bet when you're a pro athlete, he's going to get a lot of touches. Uh, I think he's a perfect fit for the offense. People forget how good of a player he is. He gets tainted by where they drafted him. He's like, Oh God, terrible pick. No, he's actually just a damn good player. You didn't like the value where he was taken. And on the defensive side, I'm going to go with Lucas Vaness from green Bay. 
I think being opposite of Rashawn Gary is going to give him a lot of one-on-one opportunities. And if you're going to win defensive rookie of the year, you either need to get sacks or interceptions. And I think he's going to get sack numbers. There we go. Uh, Dan, you mentioned needle mover a little bit ago, talking about the Vikings. And I think the only one they really got is Jordan Addison because I think teams are going to be so focused on Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. And then if Dalvin Cook does stay with the Vikings, I think that just there's three threats right there on the offense for Kirk Cousins to choose from. Oh, and then you got Jordan Addison, who is such a good route runner and getting open on his breaks that it's going to make it impossible for defenses to be able to cover every single one of those guys. So for me, I have him as my offensive player of the year in this division out of the draft class. And then for defensive player of the year, I'm going to go Lucas Van Ness. So pretty much one from each of you guys here. Um, similar to what you said about Rash- uh, Roshan Gary, excuse me, being on the opposite side of him is going to give him a lot of one-on-one opportunities. But I also think just due to the fact that he's such a good bull rusher, and looking at the other offensive linemen in this, you know, throughout this division, they're good, right? But at the same time, I think this kid can make a difference year one. And that's something the Viking, or excuse me, the Packers need, especially along that defensive line. It's something they've not really had, something they didn't have at all last year. And it really hurt their defense uh, throughout the season. So I'm going to go Lucas Van Ness. I actually really like that pick for them. But let's go ahead and make the transition now to the NFC West with their Cardinals, Seahawks, 49ers, and Rams call home. Best pick out of that drafts class. I'm actually going to kind of be a little different here. I'm going to go offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State just due to the fact that the Cardinals traded out of the third pick and then came back up to make sure they got the guy that they wanted um, at somewhat of a better value. You know what I mean? It's only three picks back, but at the same time, hey, that's a little bit cheaper uh, of a contract there on a rookie deal, even though it is fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray was rumored to want uh, an offensive tackle in the first round. People were kind of cracking jokes of like, hey, probably wouldn't listen to Kyler Murray and whatever he has to say. I think it's probably a good idea that they listen to it on this one. This guy wants protection to throw the ball and doesn't want to be hurt anymore. Yeah, let's get him a pretty solidified left tackle that's going to be able to come in and play and be an immediate difference maker. So that was my favorite pick out of the draft class here. I like it. I'm sticking with the Cardinals too, but my uh, best pick was actually Michael Wilson, the wide receiver in the third round. Listen, we all know the Cardinals are going to be bad, right? They spent the draft trading back and accruing more assets for the future. I've always said, if you're going to be bad, you might as well be entertaining. Michael Wilson is a very high ceiling player and he's going to get reps this year if they deal nuke. So this guy is going to be on the field a lot. I think in what is going to be somewhat of a bridge year for the Cardinals, it's a very much look in the mirror. Hey, what do we got? Who's going to be here for the future when we put together our next good team. So I like Michael Wilson, great value at the end of the third round. I think they could get a, a steal there in a division that like I didn't we'll talk about this, but I don't think there's a lot of super awesome draft classes in this division. Yeah, there's probably not. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Devon Witherspoon for mine. So um, what is that? Fifth overall pick cornerback. Mm-hmm. I think that the Seahawks understand that where they lie in the NFC right now, and they got beat up in the past game in the playoffs against the Niners and the run game, really. But overall, they I think they realize that all the top teams in the NFC are going to be able to throw it on them, and so they are trying to make it so they can they can block it off. They still need a defensive line help in this draft, um, which they didn't really ta- tackle that much until like the fourth or fifth round. But I feel like they really got the value there and got the best cornerback in the draft class. So I'm going to take Witherspoon there. Um, worst pick, I am going to go, I'm going to go with Stenson Bennett, um, to the Rams. I mean, it's it's hard. Like, I I bet he gets playing time next year. That doesn't mean it was a good pick. (laughs) I bet he gets playing time and we're going to be like, damn, Sean McVay can really make it work with anybody. I don't. And the fact that he's going to be 26 years old. Yeah. Like my biggest thing though, is like. Is he good or did he just have the best talent in the nation every single time out on the field? Like, I think that's more of that than anything. And the Rams offensive line is horrible. The, I mean, the defense is going to be really bad. I just don't, I just don't see the value there. Um, especially when they think, like, like, why didn't they just bring back pay and bring back Baker Mayfield? Do you think they could use Stetson Bennett as like a Taysom Hill light? Because he's mobile, he's mobile. He, he yeah, he I, I don't think bit. he's thick enough. Like, for that. No, 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 he's a little guy. He's a little guy. But like, do you think like Sean McVay was like, you know, be fun? 
Like, wait, 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 do we need to dig deeper? <laughs> Did Sean McVay have a thing for undersized players? You're just now realizing this. Well, I, I'm, you know, I'm just bringing it to the attention. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they really, uh, they kind of draft little guys. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. if you look at it, the NFL is kind of a big person game. It is. It is. So anyways, back to Bennett. Like one of my reasons is because this team is so bad that I just don't see the value in taking a quarterback there when they could have just gotten more at a different position, like their defense. So that's me. Uh, my worst pick will be really quick. We know Austin will be abstaining from this uh, section, but uh, mine is a uh, Jake Moody kicker. You take a kicker in the third round. It's stupid. That's that's the entire breakdown. I think it's stupid. Don't take kickers that early. You yeah, see and, kickers go undrafted to a Pro Bowl all the time. Uh, yeah, it's stupid. Tyler Bass I, absolutely banged 70-yard field goals at the Senior Bowl, and he went sixth or seventh round, and he's been a phenomenal kicker for the Bills. There's no reason to take a kicker day two. Just don't do it. Yeah, that's it. I'm gonna go I the do. I'm gonna go the next three here pretty quick. So my worst pick and worst class for me is gonna be the 49ers. Um, just due to the fact that you're kind of all over the place with it. Uh, like you said, taking a kicker right there in the third round, they didn't have their first pick till the third round to begin with, but, uh, J.I. or J.I.R.E. Brown, excuse me, um, is a guy that they're really happy with to get in the third round. So I think that works out for him. But after that, it's just, you got two tight ends, you got, you know, a, a corner, a lineback, two linebackers, and then an edge player. And it's just kind of like there's not a lot of holes on this team and I get it, but at the same time, it's like, are these guys going to be quality depth pieces? Are these going to be guys that you can rely on in a couple years or were the 49ers just kind of like, let's just hope one of these dudes hit. So for me, that was kind of like my worst picks and my worst class, but for my best class, I think the Seahawks absolutely crushed it to have two first round picks to not be trading those to go get a quarterback, truly letting your guy get another year in Geno Smith. And just let him be at the helm, but also continue to build your team like you did in the early 2010s when you were going to the Super Bowl. You're going to get a good secondary that are hard-hitting and that can cover. And then you're going to get guys that who just catch the ball and get open. You're going to build along your defensive line, and you're going to help the trenches. That's what this draft class is. Oh, and we're going to throw in a couple running backs that, that are probably going to have to get some playing time and be reliable at the end of the season. Because it's inevitable that the Seahawks have their starting running back, have a good middle of the year to the end of the year, and they get hurt a week before the playoffs, and you have to rely on someone else in the first two rounds. That has just been the Seahawks recipe for as long as I can remember. Yeah, I, I think the Seahawks that have a phenomenal class, and you look the last couple of years, they are in their bag on drafting again, just like they were when they put together the Legion of Boom. They are drafting phenomenally well. But uh, I actually give my best class to the Cardinals just because they recognize what they were. They have accrued a ton of assets for the 24 draft. They're probably going to have two top five picks. Their own and the Texans. Probably going to be two top five picks. We'll talk about that more when we talk about our power rankings. But I think that's a phenomenal move. And then they got a ton of high upside guys. Like I said, Michael Tom, uh, Michael Wilson. I like B.J. Ojolari. And I think getting Clayton Toon in the fifth round, who is going to play this year as a, another one of these 26, 27, 30-year-old rookie quarterbacks, this class seems to have a ton of, I think is going to be super fun. So I love what the Cardinals did. My worst class, just like Austin, is the 49ers, simply because I don't know what they did. Like I, I just don't understand it. It it just doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Austin on best and go with the Seahawks. I've kind of explained it already with Witherspoon, and I mean I I love the Charbonnet pick, even though like you have Walker already, but I love that that combo. They obviously got JSN. Like I really like what they did there. Derek Hall, Hall is a good player, so I really like what they did. Uh, worst class. I could have gone Niners. I knew that was going to be the popular pick with you guys. So I actually went the opposite route. I went with the Rams and more just classic. Like, Hey, you, you had a lot of picks and I just don't see a ton of like, Hey, these guys are going to make a huge difference. I just, it's a lot of picks where I'm like, was there a possibility of 
combining a few of these and moving up a little bit earlier and getting a more valuable player. Given it does sound like it was very hard to trade in this draft class, which was weird because like the first day one, there's a ton of trades, but there are reports that a lot of people were trying to trade on day three and we're basically just getting ignored by other teams because they, everybody's just like, no, we got our guy that we want and like, let's just move on. So um, worse there. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, I have JSN here and then defensive rookie of the year, I have Weatherspoon. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think JSN is going to be tough to beat in this division or really in rookie of the year outside of Bijan. Um, what a great fit in Seattle going right into the slot. I think he's going to take over uh, for Doug Baldwin here sooner than later. And on the defensive side, I go, I went Derek Hall uh, simply on once again, Hey Seahawks, they do a great job of a, not Doug Baldwin, the freaking short guy that falls down all the time. I can't think of his name for the life. His, name, right his now. name's Lockett. And Tyler I was, Lockett, like, Tyler I was Lockett. about to be like, yeah, and our podcast just reverted back to 2013. That was a smooth Dougie Baldwin, though. Shout yeah, out Doug. It was. But yeah, I know he falls down all the time. Have you seen the clip of that, by the way? Yeah, I mean, it's smart. It is smart. He, he doesn't get hit. Randy Moss used to do it, hit. too. Like, it's no fine. shit. Yeah. Sorry. I don't remember. Right. I just remember Randy Moss running by everyone full time. Totally. It's every time that he didn't run by everybody. Like he would just, he would just fall down. It's so smart. Smarter, not harder. Somebody should uh, tell Tua, but um, staying with the Seahawks on the defensive side, team, I went Derek. <laughs> I went Derek. Is it really a podcast? If Tua doesn't catch a, a random shot, uh, it's just like a game. So yeah, I'm going with the Seahawks. Derek Hall, the edge player. Seattle seems to just, get these guys that can speed rush off the edge, put them in a great spot to produce. And I think Derek's just the next one. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like the Derek Hall pick as well. I think that's great um, for the Seahawks going forward. They, again, just building that team the way that they do. And we're probably going to see them be very successful here in the next year or two. Um, if Geno Smith kind of falls off this season. But for me, my offensive player of the year is going to be J JSN as well. I think that's fantastic. And then the fact that you got Witherspoon, you got both of those guys right there. The fact that JSN fell all the way to 20 blew my mind. I do know for a fact that the Kansas City Chiefs were trying to trade up, and teams were just like, absolutely not. Nobody wanted to help them. And that comes off as like a biased Chiefs fan, but at the same time, as much as I hate it, I love it, because they've reached a point where teams are like, we do not want to help you. Like, we're just, we're not gonna. But, it you know, a lot of people, including myself, are at the draft, are like, why are the Chiefs not trading up to get one of these receivers? It wasn't that they weren't trying. It's the fact that people weren't saying yes. So, now let's get out of this division and head on to the NFC East, one of the most recognizable divisions in all of football, Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys, New York Football Giants, and the newly second-year Washington Commanders. Um it was, I feel like it was a pretty good draft class all the way around. I will have the worst pick for this draft, uh, for this division, excuse me. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and go with my best one. I think it's just Jalen Carter. <laughs> like For the Eagles to be able to get him at 9, you were at 10. You traded up one spot to get him, especially after Bijan got drafted by the Falcons, which I love, something that we had discussed a couple weeks before. Um, I think Jalen Carter, to be able to get to the Eagles right here, just – allows them to just continue to rebuild the team they have right now the exact same way that's had success for years. And you're just doing it like you're literally just doing it again. And that's what's the insane part about it. Everyone wants to be the Philadelphia Bulldogs. Yeah, hey, that is crazy. But at the same time, everyone's allowing them to do it. And if it's going to work, freaking go for it. I'm right there with you. I think Carter is the easy layup. So I went actually Carter slash Nolan Smith. I think getting Nolan Smith, a guy who was rumored to be going top 10, top 12, getting Carter at nine and then Smith at 30. Are you kidding? Like, why, why are we letting the Eagles do this? We used to make these jokes about the Ravens all the time that like, oh yeah, that they're going to get a first round player in the first round and then one's going to fall to them in the second. And then guess what? In the third round, some first-round players are going to have a magical medical issue, and they're going to fall to the Ravens in the third round. And that seems to be happening to the Eagles now, and it's working out better than ever. So, yeah, it's just – it's insane, man. I, I don't get why the NFL is letting this happen, but uh, the Eagles are just insane. They are. Um, I'm just going to be copying you guys. I'm going to Jalen Carter. I mean, probably number two or three player in this draft, and they, they get him at, what, eight or nine? So no, that's man. fantastic. So, um, yeah, nine with the Bears, right? So, um, yeah, uh, worst pick. I'm going with four Emmanuel Forbes here. Um, 
Christian Gonzalez was on the board and you passed on him. And I think that Christian Gonzalez is a much better player. That's, that's my take on it. It's just like you, you're not a good team commanders. You have a, ta- you have a chance to what I, in my opinion, get the better cornerback and you pass on. So pretty simple there. And, uh, Forbes is also my worst pick because like you said, you passed on Christian Gonzalez and you took the six foot 160 pound corner. We just talked about how this is a big person game. You're in a division with the Philadelphia Eagles. If you put Forbes on AJ Brown, do you know what's going to happen? Bad because things. I do, and I'm going to be thrilled about it as an AJ Brown fantasy owner. Yes, I understand that Forbes had great ball production, but he's absolutely going to get punked at the next level. Like I the blocking highlight is going to be similar to the Derrick Henry stiff arm highlight of AJ Brown on Manuel Forbes. It's going to be insane. So yeah, it's, it's Forbes is the worst pick for me. Uh, for me, it was actually Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle in Michigan for the Cowboys. Um, and I know this was something that, you know, if you watch their war room and then the conversation that they had, it was more to the fact of, all right, who do we want here? Who we were really targeting, you know, no longer on the board. Uh, where do we want to go? And, I think for this with the Cowboys, it's just the fact that it was like, oh, you know, we've not really had anyone to plug in the middle of the defense. Michael Parsons said he wanted a guy like that. You know, he, he specifically mentioned Smith earlier in the day. Let's go ahead and make him happy and do that. And Michael Parsons was ecstatic about it. That's cool. I think that's a cool clip to see. But for a first-round grade, no. I don't think you should have taken him right there. I think you could have traded back and gotten more draft capital um, and allowed one of these teams to come up and get a guy that they wanted uh, and – I know I said a little bit ago about the Chiefs. That's not who I'm relaying or referring to. So please, nobody take it that way. But it's just the fact that, like, I feel like you could have gotten this player later in the draft and still had the same benefit that he's going to be for your defense moving forward. But I did not like it in the first round, especially just because the Bills were able to get ahead of you to get Dalton Kincaid. That's the only thing where it's just like, be smarter, just like, be smarter, Dallas. Like, come on. Honorable mention, speaking of Dallas for worst pick. I want to shout out DeMarvian Overshone, a player who was one of the most aesthetically pleasing players in college football with the armbands. Do you guys know what number he picked to wear? This is a linebacker, an inside linebacker, picked to wear number 35. And I could not be more against someone. Like I, That is just disgusting. Thirty-five is a terrible number. Like, like I, I can't. Like, yeah, I don't you know, know like why every position, every position has some number that like it just it looks good with that position, right? You know, like like at running back, twenty-one looks really good. Twenty looks really good. Fullbacks, forty, forty-one look really, really good. Tight ends, eighty-two, eighty-eight. You're a linebacker. Wear fifty-one. Like you know, you know what I mean. Like thirty-five. What is thirty-five? I I don't. Thirty-five is like your sixth cornerback who might play some special teams yeah i just hate you know, it. i used I to it. have that strong feeling as well and the one player that i had it the most with was actually patrick mahomes i hated the fact that he was 15 i wanted him to go to five but he was mm-hmm. like i'm just gonna stick with it because that for his rookie year they had cardio santos as their kicker and he was like i'll just stick with 15 after they moved on from him the next year i was like this is hideous Number 15 is one of the most popular number in kids sports right now. And I like, let's say that one of these players takes this number and it becomes a hit. Like 35 could be the new linebacker number. I'm not predicting that. I'm not saying it, but it's just like, I think that's so crazy. Can you think of a good NFL player to wear 35? Can you think of one that wore 15 besides Mahomes? Yeah. Bart star. Um, I can't think of a single NFL player that wore 35. The only player that I can think of that wore 35 is the running back board. that the Browns take in uh, in the first round in draft day at the end of the movie? He wears thirty five, and that's how I know that he would end up being a bust. Is because he wore thirty five as a running back. You guys are googling it here. Let me. Let I me, am. I am. Let me I'm just taking some time right now. No, like, I, I can't think of any. I couldn't think. Of, like, have you guys ever I played the game? I couldn't either. Like, that's uh, why I wanted to look it up. Have you ever played the game? Like, uh, try to think of like a player for every number. Yeah. In uh in the NFL, like you start with one, work your way up, or you start ninety nine, work your way down. Who's who's thirty five? You're gonna make me feel bad. No, it's not a linebacker though. Well, of course it's not because it's probably yeah. a running back or a safety. It is. Well, Mike that Col- number wasn't Mike Tolbert. For linebackers. What? Mike Tolbert. Mike Tolbert. Who did he wear thirty five with? Was it not? I thought he was. 
I thought he was like 36 when he was with the Chargers. Did yeah. he wear like 35 with the Panthers, maybe? Maybe. He could have. Uh, but, but those are dark though. times. Like you, couldn't, you couldn't back there. Uh, Earl Campbell used to wear it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool, that's a good one. He was good. He was good. Breaking news, he was good. Um, all right. So I think <laughs> we have good. I think I think we have the same best and worst classes. I mean, obviously the best is the Eagles from from all of us. I think I don't think we need commanders. to dig into that. People know. Yeah, and commanders is the worst. Austin doesn't have anybody in, in worse, but it's just because he's too nice. It's it's the commanders there. So we'll go with that. Um let's go with offensive rookie of the year and defense. I'm going with Hyatt. Uh, I love Hyatt on this Giants team. I think that's going to be fantastic. Um, and then defensive rookie of the year, I'm going to go with Sidney Brown for the Eagles. I know that the, the sexy pick is to do either, you know, Nolan Smith or Jalen Carter, but Sidney Brown has a chance to really play in the in that backfield because uh, defensive backfield, just because they've lost so many players there. So I'm going to go with Sidney Brown there. I like Sidney Brown, phenomenal athlete. Uh, but yeah, for defense rookie, I'm going with the sexy pick. I'm taking Nolan Smith because I think he's going to have insane sack production year one because it it's it's the Eagles. It's what they do. People are going to be throwing on them, so he's going to have opportunity. They're going to scheme him up touches. It, it's going to be great. And on the offensive side, I kind of went dark horse here, and I went a offensive lineman. I went John Michael Schmitz because the Giants needed interior protection real bad. So I think he's just going to be the most – valuable rookie pick on the offensive side of the ball. Linemen matter. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, for me, I did actually have the commanders as the worst class. I did just not press enter on the spreadsheet. So that did not get put in there. So I do apologize. I was sitting here looking at it, like, why the heck can they not see it? Whoopsie Daisy. Uh, so for offensive rookie, the player of the year, I'm going to go with Jalen Hyatt as well for the giants. I do think he has an opportunity to be that splash player for this offense. Um, I like the fact that you were able to get him in the third round. I definitely expected him to maybe be late first, early second. It just didn't happen. He continued to fall. But I do really like the pick. Uh, then for defense player of the year, I'm actually going to stick with the Giants to go Deontay Banks. I think this is a guy that you take in the first round. You understand what you're getting out of him. You know who he is. And you look at the other receivers in this division, he's going to truly get an opportunity to prove himself. And if he can do that with the Giants facing the receivers in this division once again, I think we can look at it and go, all right, hey, this guy's facing some top-tier talent in this league, and he's slowing them all down. This guy deserves that recognition. Love it. All right, let's move on over into the NFC South. Uh, best pick. I'm going with the Saints at 29 with Brian Breesy. Uh, I He was a guy that I had on the Jags list that I was interested in. Uh, number Former number one overall high school recruit, just stud athlete there. Beast in the middle of the defensive line. I really, really like that. And it also really, really helps their defense in, in an area that they were weak at. So I think it not only was probably best player available, it also filled in one of their biggest needs as a team. So I really like that one for the Saints. I just want to talk about this next team. I don't think we should talk about the other three teams in the division. I think we should just talk about the Falcons the entire time. Uh, my best pick, because I know where Austin's going to go, is Matthew Berger on the uh, lineman, tackle, guard, wherever you might be, from Syracuse. This is a guy who had first-round talent, got him in the second round. And Atlanta, more than any other team in the draft this year, I think understood who they are, understood what they want to be, and they just attacked it in the draft. So we'll talk more about it later, but I am very excited about this Falcons team. Uh, I'm so happy that you brought it up because I am right there with you. The fact that you were able to get Bijan Robinson at seven, people kind of discussed it as like a possibility. They said it's not a possibility. This is an absolute reality. We have built an offense through the draft the last three years. We added to our offensive line before that, taking Caleb McGarry. Then you've kind of, you know, built through that in free agency as well. And then you get uh, Desmond Ritter. We can tell you're truly riding with him next year, which I love the fact that he's going to get a true opportunity. Kind of learned the offense last year with Arthur Smith. You come in this year, Arthur Smith has his running back and Bijan Robinson. He catches the ball out of the backfield so well. He runs between the tackles very well. He can hit the outside, and he's just adios amigo. I love this for the Falcons. And then the fact that you're able to add to your defense as well, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But I'm going to stick with Bijan Robinson being the best pick out of this division for the draft class. And then the worst pick, a little hot takey, Bryce Young, I think this kid's going to be a bust. I still do not see it. I don't. He's too freaking small. You're bringing this kid in year one to the Panthers, and you say, Bryce Young, that's the guy. I don't think it's going to work out. 
I don't believe it. I'm sticking with it right now. I do not think Bryce Young is going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. I think we look back in five years and it's going to be, let's redo the 2023 NFL draft class and Bryce Young is not going to be discussed. I uh, I love that we have gone 180 on this episode from Austin. I don't want to be the guy that gets hot takey and says anything to bad karma. Not going to put that on me. The number one overall pick in the draft is a bust. Uh, I like it. We've been saying it for what? Six months now that this is a draft of outliers, especially at the quarterback position. And it sucks that they got stuck. They, They traded up to one to do it. They traded up to one to take someone who is a outlier historically. So, I'm very intrigued to see how that goes. My worst pick, I didn't really have one. Maybe Klyja Kansi to the Bucks in round one just because I thought the value was weird. And for a Bucks team with so many holes, it just, eh. It was, it was just kind of, eh. So I didn't think there was a terrible pick in this uh, division, but I have Kansi with a question mark to fill in a box. Uh, I'm going actually kind of similar here. I went with DJ Johnson, third round pick out of the Panthers, and it's not because I don't like the player. It's actually just because I feel like the Panthers' offense is going to be so bad. I wanted them to just load up on offensive players. Like So, unfortunately, it was anybody that was going to be picked there that wasn't an offensive player. That's who I was going to choose as uh, worst pick there. So, no disrespect to DJ Johnson. Great player or good player. But, like, I just want them to get more weapons for Bryce Young because – I said this a couple podcasts ago. I don't think that they, he has very good skill weapons. I know that you guys were excited about Adam Thielen and DJ Chark and Miles Sanders, but I'm just not excited about that. Um, I'm opposite of Austin. I do actually believe Bryce Young could be very good, but I will say it's stacked against him because not because of his size, because of the skill weapons that they have. But this division also is going to be pretty bad, so he might be able to make some plays in this division. So. Going there. Uh, best draft class, we all want the Falcons because it's our Falcons this year. We talked about That's this. That's right, baby. Ago. It's we our Falcons. This, Falcons are the team we're Hopefully right, the Falcons can do what we thought the Panthers were. Panthers were going to do, yeah, a couple of years ago. Um, Austin and Dan, I think we should just combine a giant bet. Dude. And and just put a whole bunch of money on the Falcons to like with it. So literally I was going to text you both this morning. I took a screenshot. The Falcons were plus 300 when today started to win the division. They're plus 250 right now. It's 260. I literally just, yep. So depending what site you're on, 250, 260. I love this team. And I know Riley's listening (laughs) and Riley, you could have absolutely bred me for anyone who doesn't know on our dynasty league. I was trying to trade up to number one to get B. John Robinson. And like, I was trying to play it cool. Stay calm with Riley. Yeah. You know, if we trade, we trade is what it is. I'm just trying to get some value. I wanted to get B. John so bad. He could have, dude, you could have taken the farm from me. I I thought the deal was good. So bad. To be honest. I think it was, I I think think it was, was, I think it was fair, but like, I'm saying he really could have screwed me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because I wanted it. What have I missed? Oh, you didn't I see that trade number the other one. Day? He traded up to number one overall pick in our. Dungeon. No, I did not fucking see that. Well, yeah, people pay to get wet. Yeah. So, um. Wow. So, yeah. So yeah. Do you want- I had I was at one hundred and two, yeah. and I traded one hundred and two, Jamison Williams, Jordan Love, and maybe a like a later pick, and I got one hundred and one. Jerry Judy and his 24 second and third round pick. Yeah, you did not trade another pick. So it was 102. Okay. 1.02 How did you get Jordan. why did you get that much in return? What do you because mean? Because it's super flex. Jordan Love's worth a lot in super flex. Yeah. I mean he got it because he's a starting quarterback. He got a starting quarterback. And then of course, as soon as I traded Jordan Love, so this was after day one of the draft. So then I trade away Jordan Love, and then boom, the Packers come on the clock. They draft a tight end, a wide receiver, and another tight end. I'm like, oh, now we're gonna help our quarterbacks in Green Bay. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, so I think no, that was big. I think overall it was a good. I thought it was a good deal. But uh, yes, the Falcons are our Falcons this year. I am. I have looked at a Bijan Robinson '90s Dirty Birds Falcons jersey in my cart like ten times, and I'm just <laughs> staring at it. I'm all for it. If you what guys want, fuck? if you guys want to pool our money together and take the Falcons to win the division, say less. Just send I, me the Venmo I'm, request. I'm actually in, so I think it'd be fun. Yeah, I'm in so. as well. But, like, stop being disgusting about it because you're scaring me. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, psycho. Um, All right, so. Did you guys hear Arthur Smith's quote? No. 
Uh, so apparently they, they drafted Bijan and stuff, and he said, we are going to run the piss out of the ball. And I was like, oh, yeah. I well, think that's go. just all he says. Anytime I hear Arthur Smith <laughs> say something on a mic, I was like, we're going to run the hell out of the ball, boys. Get ready to go. Yeah, exactly. And he dabs a, up all of his offensive linemen and walks a, away and doesn't talk to him again. He's actually just an ex-fullback in a head coach body with like an action figure. Like He's only got three sayings, and it's like, run the piss out of the ball. Establish the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Give it to Bijan. Um, all right. Okay. Uh, worst class, we all chose the Bucks. I actually didn't choose one because I actually didn't think that any of these like, had a horrible class, but I'm I'm fine with the Bucks here if I, to team up with you guys. We all chose Bijan, obviously. Like, how could mm-hmm. you choose anybody else? Uh, so we'll just go straight down to defensive rookie of the year. Of course. Of course, I'm picking my guy. Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, Clark Phillips, to the Falcons. To sorry, to our Falcons. And Thank I was you. our I, Falcons. I'm ex, I'm excited about. Obviously, I wanted to become a Jag, but like I'm, I was excited when I saw that the Falcons Falcons took him, and absolutely shocked that he fell to the fourth round. Like shocked. Right. I remember him like talk about him being the first corner off the board. Yeah. Like you like, know, back in January. October, November, January. Ooh, January. Said, okay. Awesome. And we're like, yeah, he just produces. He's He's a stud. He's just a little undersized. Yeah. Uh, for defensive rookie, I went Isaiah Foskey for the Saints. I think he's just, you know, once again, you guys see in a pattern, I take defensive linemen that I think are going to get sacks. And, Trees, you mentioned him right here at the beginning of this division, Brian Bracey for uh, the New Orleans Saints. I think this is a guy who's going to come in and be a huge difference maker for the Saints, uh, a guy that we've we've heard about for a really long time. I like the fact that the Saints were going to get it. I have a buddy of mine who is a huge Saints fan, and he has been predicting this. I'm not even kidding you since college football season started last year. And, like, pay attention to this kid. I want the Saints to take him in round one. I was just like, all right, dude, like, cool, freaking whatever. Sure enough, here comes draft night. Saints on the clock, boom, make the pick. I I don't even think he was paying attention to it because I, like, blew up his phone. And he was like, I freaking called it. I told you. So I'm rolling with it. I'm sticking with him. Going Brian Reese here, defensive player of the year. Defensive rookie of the year for this division, excuse me. Love it, love it. All right, that's going to do it for the NFC. We are going to just shift on gears over to the AFC. So uh, this is end of podcast one, and tonight we've been talking football.